the one thing I have felt is the pressure to, to pick a side or to go into a box. So I've been asked a lot about homophobia in my community. And the point of the book is to say that we all lead really varied, intersectional, complicated lives. And I think that in today's world where there's a them and an us and everything is binary and you're like leave or remain or, you know, like there's just so much of like you have to be on one side. And if anything, for me, this book is about saying I can't I can't be on one side. I'm more than one thing. Welcome back to the Vintage Podcast with me, Lena Norms. Today we're talking remotely to Mosin Zaidi. Uh, he has written an incredible memoir called A Dutiful Boy, a memoir of a gay Muslim's journey to acceptance. Mosin grew up in a poor pocket of East London in a devout Shia Muslim community. His family were close-knit and religiously conservative. From a young age, Mosin felt different, but in a home where being gay was inconceivable, he also felt very alone. Outside of his home, Mosin went to a failing inner city school where gang violence was a fact of life. As he grew up, life didn't seem to offer teenage Mosin any choices. He was disenfranchised from opportunity and isolated from his family as a closeted gay Muslim. But Mosin had incredible drive and became the first person from his school to go to Oxford University. At university, he found the freedom to become the man his parents never wanted him to be. But when he was confronted by his father and a witch doctor invited to cure him, Mosin had to make a really difficult choice. Mosin's story does take some harrowing turns, but it's also full of life and humour. And ultimately, it's an incredible story about breaking through life's barriers. I was really lucky to be able to catch Mosin uh, in lockdown, where we chatted about what it's like to record your story in a book. What his life looks like now and what it's like to have a book out in this strange year, 2020. So Mason, thank you so much for coming on the Vintage Podcast. How are you today? Thank you for having me. No I'm fine. I'm fine. Um, you know, we're in lockdown, so the whole world seems a little bit bizarre, but I'm okay. Thank you. It's an adventure. Yeah, it does all feel like a bit of like a fever dream. Yeah, it's, it's just so weird. Like, you know, because I think going through a global pandemic is surreal and mm-hmm. uh, for everybody, but separately publishing your first book is surreal for the people that go through it and so I've got these two really bizarre things happening at the same time and which makes the whole world seem a little bit upside down um but you know in a in a positive way not in a negative yeah. way I'm, I'm very lucky it's like oh I'm laying my guts out for the world but is the world really out there <laughs> and is this Tell us a little bit. It's, it's such an incredible um, story. And I really, I mean, I, it's so, it seems weird to say I en- enjoyed it because there's so much like anguish in it. And obviously it's it's a very like painful thing as well. But it's it ends on this incredible note. And I particularly enjoyed the ending. So perhaps we can talk a little bit about that without without sure. spoiling it for everybody. <laughs> uh, but again, it's, it must be strange because obviously it's not a fiction book. It really is your real life. So it's kind of like with spoilers, it's, it's uh, you're like, <laughs> you're like, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, fine. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the main character is with us today. So it's good. Um, tell us a little bit um, about um, how the idea to write the book um, came about because obviously you're living through these real life experiences and it, there are it's a lot to compute and it's a lot to process but was there a part of you that was like maybe I'll write this down one day or were you making notes as you went along and just for personal reasons or yeah tell tell us about that so the idea to write it down actually came separately to the idea to write a book the catalyst was um meeting my partner Matthew and really bonding with him over our personal experiences and then realising that as I was talking to him about 
about telling my parents, coming out to my parents, um, that they were really, they were formative experiences and always would be. And that if I didn't retain them in some way, then some of the nuances might be lost. Some of the small things that happen, like going for a milkshake with your brother after you've done it, you know, things that, things that you wouldn't, um, things that you wouldn't necessarily like record to long-term memory, but that are really meaningful and important. So, so that was the idea was to write it down for myself because it felt like something that was really important. Um, and then the second audience was, was Matthew, my, my partner, because I wanted to be able to share it with him. And then um, Penguin advertised for their Right Now scheme, which is a scheme that tries to get um, different diverse voices. And I had recently finished, well, I don't know if I'd finished it or I'd read uh, British by Afwa Hirsch. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a vintage book. Uh, yeah, ex- she's been excellent. on the podcast before yeah. as well. <laughs> well, an excellent vintage book, and Afwa has yeah. been very supportive of of me, so she's she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But um, I read that, and I thought, oh, I'd love to do something similar. So something that kind of combined some of my experiences with a societal analysis, and then went through the Right Now scheme, and the societal analysis part got dropped, and it turned into a memoir. So that's kind of where it started, and how it how I ended up here. Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's incredible to see the kind of like domino effect of being like, oh, actually, this is out there. There's more to that. There's definitely like, oh, com- more to say. So it's completely. I think you know, um, it's so important to hear stories from different voices because it it is inspiring. I know it sounds like a cliche, but it really does make you think. Oh well, maybe I could do something like that. Yeah, definitely. It's contagious. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was an um, inappropriate pandemic joke. Accidentally. <laughs> I well, can't just... conta- contagions can be good things, I guess. They don't yeah, always exactly. have to be bad. We can, we can hope for like a, laughter. A, a pandemic of truth. <laughs> yeah. um, tell us a little bit about the process of writing the book, because I imagine like having a, uh, this kind of background in law means that you want to consider all the stuff that you could put in the book, like literally like all of the information you have. Um, and, it, and again, you're kind of um, just by the nature of it being in like a, a limited piece of text, you have to kind of almost write the people in your life as characters. How did you go about filtering that and working out how to, because I would really struggle to put like saying my mum on paper because I just feel like she's so many things and how did you yeah. go about assembling all of that into like one book right well <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> it's it wasn't easy um so the first draft was like almost 150,000 words and the, the current book is about 75 so literally halved um wow. nobody tells you when you set out to write a book that editing is almost in fact it is as important if not more important than the writing process mm. um I feel more like an editor than a writer at times yeah um so the the way I went about it was to just write whatever I wanted and write honestly and openly and then look back and think okay I've written this what what of it needs to stay for the purposes of the narrative um and in terms of addressing real life people as characters I think it's important to say that this is my story it's not it's not theirs in the sense of um I wrote I wrote parts of my siblings and parts of my parents to the extent that they were relevant to the story Um, and that was intentional for at least two reasons the first is because I I kind of believe that um it would be unfair to try and bring in all of my parents or all of my siblings because they have their own story to tell and they might not want to tell it or they'll want to tell it in their own ways and so it was important to me not to expose them more than was necessary um uh but can but that kind of leads to the second point which is i guess there was a sense of protectiveness in that um i didn't want them to 
I think it's very difficult to do justice to a real to a real person in a book, um, and I didn't want them to feel like that was what I was trying to do was to bring all of them to it because I, it, I think it's inevitable I would have failed, and so to a certain extent it was a conscious decision not to bring all of them to it. Mm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, did you use any kind of memory prompts? Because I don't know, I, you have a very vivid memory of your time at university. I think mine is much more hazy for a variety of reasons. reasons yeah. But uh, um, how did you go about like writing all of those parts of, of, of your life? Did you yeah. like chat to your uni friends and say like, oh, what did happen on that night out? Or did you have like prompts or um, diaries? So I'm kind of this bizarre mixture of somebody who has a, an excellent memory for things that are that happen to be significant and a terrible memory for, for for small things. Um so like if you ask me what I did last week I I'd, I would really struggle. But if you ask me what happened the first week of university, I'd be able to tell you blow by blow. Um and it's it's kind of this weird thing. Um I did have moments where I had to to search back. So for example, I write about my last day of school where the um, school had us leave through a side entrance after bringing the date forward without telling any of us. And there was police outside waiting to stop and search everybody. And um, I remember thinking, OK, I've written this, but did this actually happen or have I just made this up? And so, and I'm a governor at my old school, so I remember being in there and saying, oh, by the way, did this happen or have I, have I just... And, she, and my teacher, the teacher I spoke to who's still there now, was like, no, 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 that happened. I'm like, OK, phew. Um... But the, other, the, mo- the more difficult thing about memories was that um, you have to protect people's identities because cause the idea behind this is not to name and shame or, or anything. The idea is to, to, to help illustrate broader points about the way that we live our lives and society. And so, um, for example, I write about bullying and there's one character who is actually an amalgamation of about three. And so one of the things I'm a bit worried about is my school, school friends are going to read it. Well, I didn't have that many school friends, but the friends I did have are going to read it and be like, well that's two different people and same with uni like they'll, they'll probably remember these things happened but they were like oh but that's not the same person but that was intentional because um I wanted to protect identities but also because you, you know th- things happen separately but it's sometimes easier to put them in together mm. yeah that that makes a lot of sense um do you um ever feel a kind of undue pressure to be um a spokesperson or a representative for your experience because obviously um it's it's it sucks but it's 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 sometimes rare to hear an experience like yours at the moment and I like the the way you end the book and talk about how you're like it's not really about my story it's more about the future it's more about like what this can be and hopefully in the future it won't be such a, a rare thing to read in a book but do you ever feel a pressure to 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 um, represent that on a on a more a wider scale well I think that because the book isn't out yet I've not had to to deal with much of that and who knows maybe I won't even have to deal with it afterwards um uh, from from the uh conversations I have had um for example with friends who work in 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 the media they said that, that you'll almost certainly be pinned as um a spokesperson to talk about anything to do with Islam or things like that or any and I think that I'm reluctant to be a spokesperson for anything because I don't think that um, the LGBT community or the Muslim community or any really community is one thing and there is a diversity of opinions as broad within the community as there are outside of the community. So luckily I've not felt that pressure yet. I guess the one thing I have felt is um, the pressure to, to pick a side or to go into a box. So 
I've been asked a lot about um, homophobia in my community and and um, I think that the point of the book is to say that we all lead really kind of varied intersectional complicated lives um, and I think that in today's world where there's a them and an us and everything is binary and you're like leave or remain or you know like there's just so much of like you have to be on one side and if anything for me this book is about saying I can't I can't be on one side I'm more than one thing and if you try and put me on one side then you're going to get an answer that is really complicated and incoherent a bit like the kind of cultural Muslim answer because things aren't black and white and I think that the thing that scares me is that more and more um, we're pushed to be one thing like I I describe myself as liberal and left-leaning but um, that doesn't mean that I don't challenge my own views and challenge the views of, of the left on things that I might find complicated so Sorry, that was a really rambly answer, wasn't it? No, it's, it's true. And I think there's also like a kind of news agenda that's like, OK, we'd like your answer, but we'd like it in this format and we'd like it yeah. within three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think it's... Um, well, I guess I'm about to do that to you. Though. <laughs> but um, um, do you have any like... Um, do you have any hope for the future when it comes to um, how things might look look different? Like I know that you, the, the book ends on a really hopeful, um, amazing note. Um, but do you have, do you ever have moments where you're not hopeful, and how do you deal with that? Because I think a lot of people at the moment are looking for hope and are looking for moments. Do you have hope, hope when it comes to uh, people who uh, are born between identities like yours? And and yeah, how do you find that? Well, um, the first thing to say is that I'm very hopeful I think it's important to be to try and be glass half full as much as as much as possible um and I do think that uh I think we, there's a lot of debate uh, I referenced that earlier but I think that's only a good thing um, we're all learning as we go and, and the important thing is to keep learning um in terms of whether I always whether I always feel hopeful no sometimes I have real moments of just thinking I don't know whether this is going to be okay and and that relates to lots of things so for example the US election in November I'm 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 quite scared about the outcome of of that uh more personally I'm scared about what happens when the book is published and and you inevitably have moments where you are more anxious than you are hopeful and I think that it's important in those moments in particular to um to do things like turn to books so um one of the books that I am reading at the moment I've got it here is um Audrey Lord your silence will not protect you I love that book yeah and it's so a kind good. Of collection of essays and poems um and I think I went to the um there's a Seamus Heaney exhibition in Dublin that I went to recently and it was incredible um and he, he, he was writing about the troubles in in Ireland um and he did it with such grace and and eloquence and and he was very hopeful um, so I think turning to, to writing and, and to people who've struggled before you um, and the way they write about it is, 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 is really important because it can help you see that there is a way through. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's also that um, perspective of history, isn't it? It's like sometimes mm. things don't change in one person's lifetime, but they change in two people's lifetime or they change in yeah. the overlap. Yeah, I exactly. Guess. I mean, like James Baldwin is writing about being poor, black and gay. And mm. all those issues are issues that we are still talking about today. Um, 
but hopefully there has you can see that there has been at least some movement um, not enough mm. but some um and i guess ultimately coming back to 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 my book i hope that it doesn't have to be written you know i i hope <laughs> that it, you know that we live in a world where it's not necessary that um that a publisher would pick it up and say mm, there is this is entirely uneventful because um, that would be brilliant mm. yeah that that's it you're kind of writing it so other people don't have to later <laughs> it's like pay it yeah. forward um do you the book has already been described in the terms of of you being a role model um for other people do you feel comfortable with that term or how do you how, how does that make you feel <laughs> uh no i am not, not comfortable <laughs> with that term um i think that 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 there are very few people who um could could be comfortable with the term role model and i'm not not one of them i think like malala yusufzai is an example of somebody who somebody who i think is a role model she's truly inspiring um she's brave and articulate and um i don't th- I, I i the reason i don't feel comfortable with it is because um i'm not i'm not perfect and i think that there are there are no nobody really is um and so the, i think for me you um I don't have like one role model. I have role models for different things. So for example, I like doing exercise and I have role models for when I'm doing exercise. Um, and what, some of them are my friends, some of them are people who I you know, follow online. Um, I have role models for, for writing and reading. So Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie happens to be my favorite writer. And, and um, sometimes I describe her as a role model and sometimes I find her really off-putting because she's so brilliant that I think, oh God, what's the point? Because I'm never gonna write like her. Um, so I I think it's difficult to, for me at least to to identify as having to as identify as being a role model to anybody because um, I don't know I don't know why I struggle with that a bit uh, but yeah. I guess because for me um, I don't have like one role model I have role models for for different things and they're small things like even as I say exercise and they're big things like politics and writing and stuff yeah I guess it's like I guess. Also, I'm like always, always like analyzing my questions after I say them because I'm also just like, if it's kind of like an individualistic way of looking at it, and when it's like, oh, it's the person that's perfect, not the action that's good. I always think about it in the way of like, yeah. this book is incredible. The person behind it might be fallible, which is a whole other conversation around well, Twitter I at the moment. Am. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but like it's it's that thing of like it's it's looking at people's actions and and seeing that they're praiseworthy and they're not expecting the person behind them to always be perfect. Um. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think there's any problem with the question. It, it gets asked a lot. I think it's an interesting concept, right? The idea that there are mm. some people who are role models. And I think that, um, I think the problem is that we, we live in a time when it's very easy to romanticise the idea of somebody and hold them on a pedestal and then throw them off the pedestal as soon as they do or say something that isn't in, in complete accordance with your idea of them. And I guess that the reason for me to say that I don't see myself as a role model is because I don't want to be put on a pedestal. I'm not perfect. Um... I have loads of flaws and um, I haven't written about those because it was up to me what I wrote about and I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> but but that doesn't mean they don't exist. And um, I really hope that people enjoy the book and they relate to it and they hopefully get something from it. But that's very different to me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I personally love the book and I think oh, that is also, it's not just the stuff in it, it's, it's the way it's written. Um, tell us a little bit, do you have any like kind of, you've just mentioned two authors that have inspired you, but um, is there anybody else that you kind of like looked at when you were like, oh, I want the book to be like this or is there any, anybody that you can yeah, draw I mean, from? 
I think so. Educated by Tara Westover is mm. the book that I I thought was absolutely brilliant, and um, it's difficult because it was such a complete success. Um, and I I read it actually. No, I'm not going to sound like one of those people who could discovers Britney Spears before everybody else, but I did actually <laughs> read it before it became really big because I met her agent, um, Caroline Sutton, who's a wonderful p- person. Um, early on and she was the one who told me to read it and so I read it and thought oh god this is brilliant and and um again I think Tara Tara Westover writes so beautifully um and I think her book has done has really captured an imagination in people about the importance of education and I guess I would love it if my book did something similar um for the themes that I write about including education definitely um, and just because we're all like chatting um, at Vintage about what we're reading in lockdown, what are you reading at the moment? Like what's the kind of current, tell us yeah. so we can copy. Yeah, so I um, I just finished Girl, Woman, Other um, by Bandy Navuso, which was excellent. I, you know, I, I think there are very few books where I say I couldn't put it down, but this one I really um, couldn't. I just really enjoyed it. Um, so, but that one's, that was kind of an obvious one because, you know, it's won the booker and I think it's everyone's talking about it and stuff. So I always feel a bit like, oh, no, everyone's going to roll um, their eyes. I'm halfway through it at the moment. I'm listening to it in audio book. So I also oh, feel you? almost behind. <laughs> I'm like, quick. <laughs> um. Um, so and then the other the one that I finished recently, which I thought was really good, was uh, Rainbow Milk by Paul Mendez, yeah, um, which tells the story of a young guy who leaves um, the Jehovah's he's raised as Jehovah's Witness and he leaves the Jehovah's Witness um, assembly. I actually don't know what you call it. It's a group, but he leaves the, mm. the congregation and moves to London and works as a um, male prostitute. Um, I don't know why I said male prostitute. He works as a prostitute. I mean, um, but, and so it's, t- it's talking about race and religion and class and, and I thought that was excellent. Yeah, Amazing. Um, well, thank you so much, and thank you for writing such an incredible book. No, um, it's it's really incredible, and I can't wait to see what you do next as well. It's really oh, thank you. Well, thank thanks again for having me. Um, it's uh, you know, it's thanks to thanks to people like you and and podcasts like this that gets the word out. So thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Vintage Podcast. Mosin's book, A Dutiful Boy, uh, is really incredible and it's also available in audiobook if you'd like to listen to it there. We always want to hear what you're reading, so do pop over and chat to us at Vintage Books on Instagram and Twitter. Keep reading boldly and thinking differently. And until next time. Music.